In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about waiting on God. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Friday. How you doing, Josh? Kenny, I am doing spectacularly well, and mainly because I am now no longer the only person who's healthy in my family, uh, which, <laughs> which was the case for, for several days there. But uh, Jana and the boys are, are all feeling well now, so that is always a, a good thing. I, I don't have a whole lot of nurse training, and um, yeah, yeah, they survived it, though. <laughs> That's exactly. Oh, that sounds great. Well, I'm glad to know that people are surviving at your house. Uh, I will say this as well. Last time we had a conversation, uh, we were talking about the impending uh, arrival of Hurricane Ian. Ian has uh, left the building uh, and Ian largely left us uh, unscathed uh, to our south, uh, Sanibel and and Fort Myers got a lot of damage. So. Yeah. Pray for those people. Absolutely. I was I was talking to the the college students in class in the morning and just made the comment, you know, you you have seen pictures of devastation throughout your life on the news. Yeah. Chances are you've never been so close to just utter devastation as you are right now because yeah. it's a short car ride away and drastically yeah. different picture. That's exactly right. This past week you talked about something. Honestly, it was it was kind of near and dear to my heart. And one of the things you said that we, was that we were on the same page. You want to get right. into that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I walked in, or you walked in Sunday morning because I yeah. was I was already here. Um, but <laughs> you walked in, and I said, Kenny, I saw your most uh, recent podcast episode. It was in my my podcast um, feed. Mm-hmm. I hadn't listened to it yet, but yeah. just looking at the description, I said, I think we're on the same page here. So I want to go ahead and kick it to you at the beginning here. Um, why don't, and we're not trying to do a shameless plug here, but <laughs> why don't you give at least a short summary of what you discussed in your most recent episode? He's talking about my other podcast, which is called Balancing the Christian Life. The, the long and the short of it is, I, I think... We we often stress under preparation, but I think we often don't think about being over prepared for for uh, things like this. And over preparation, in my mind, looks a lot like anxiety. One of the things that I was talking about was over preparation can be just as big a problem for Christians as under preparation can be. So I was talking about really drawing a distinction between those two things. Right. Right. And. To go along with what we talked about in the in the sermon on Sunday, and we were using Psalm 46 and, and connecting it to an historical narrative uh, within the time of the, of the kingdom of Judah, mm-hmm. God saying to us, be still and know that I am God. And if you are you know, falling prey to that concept of, of over-preparation and anxiety, well, that's kind of the opposite of, of being still and recognizing and knowing that, that He is God. In your sermon, you talked about how we should be still, and yet, I don't know about you, I have problems with that. Why is being still a hard thing for us to do? 
This comes back to a concept I know we've, we've discussed before, and it's one that you know you and I both uh, are very passionate about, and that's the, the fact that faith is the overriding concept as far as man having a relationship with God throughout mm-hmm. Scripture. Yeah. When, when God decries Israel's behavior, it's not just that they didn't follow him, it's that they failed to believe in him, and that's why they didn't follow him. Right. Passage that I concluded with on Sunday morning from Mark chapter 4, and, and in that case, here is uh, Jesus and his disciples on a boat. Jesus is asleep. Great storm arises. The disciples awaken Jesus and, and question him, you know, do you not care that we are perishing? And then Jesus, following a, a simple word to calm the storm, asked them, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Yeah. And I think what we forget is God has seen his people through trying circumstances before. He's, he's seen them through every conceivable uh, scenario. You want mm-hmm. to talk about coming through a storm? Go back and read the flood. Mm-hmm. And, and God saw his people through a storm. You want to talk about... Political upheaval, go back and read the Old Testament and see how God saw his people through political upheaval. I want to talk about uh, how, how God sees his people through devastation that comes through war. Again, you have ample evidence of God doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and so where it comes to us is we look at our circumstances and it's almost as if we think, oh, the world has never gone through this before. <laughs> yeah. No, it has. Uh-huh. Now, sometimes that does mean that even the faithful lose possessions, lose property, lose their health, even lose their lives. But God is still faithful to his promises. Right. And, and those who are putting their true faith and trust in God are always looking toward those greater promises anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, again, uh, kind of come back to the issue of being still. Why do we struggle with that? Because we're always working on our faith. We are very much like that man who petitioned Jesus, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right. You said that being still doesn't necessarily mean doing nothing. What does it mean to be still? Yeah, um, that's that's a really good question. So let's go back even to um, the example that we that we used in the sermon. So the example in the sermon, the historical context. Mm-hmm. Here is the great power of Assyria, and they have you know, really extended their influence and their dominion wherever they wanted to, and now they've come up to the very, the very gates of Jerusalem. And Hezekiah has done everything he can possibly do to prepare for that, and all for naught. He's made mm-hmm. fortifications, he's taken care of his water supply, he's, he's tried to buy off the Assyrians, he's tried to make allegiances with other nations, and none of that has made any difference whatsoever. But there were some things he could have done that would still be an aspect of being still. Mm-hmm. What if Judah had been a nation that honored God? What if Judah had been a nation that followed his will? Now, they are still, quote-unquote, doing things, and all that doing has to do with their faith in Jehovah. Mm -hmm. But that's a part of being still. Being still is, put your faith in me, follow me, and everything in the end is going to turn out okay. So we can even look at that in in a couple of practical ways. So, for instance, and and in your podcast, you brought up Matthew chapter 6, where you have 
you know, here is um, beginning in verse 25 of Matthew 6, God or Jesus is saying, you know, why do you worry about what you're going to eat? Why do you worry about the clothes that you're going to wear? Okay. So yes, ultimately we need to put enough faith in God that these necessities are going to be taken care of. Right. But then God, through his apostle, uh, Paul in 2 Thessalonians 3, talks about how those who, for whatever reason, weren't working, didn't want to work. And so Paul says, uh, verses 10 through 12, basically, okay, if you don't work, you're not going to eat either. So there is this balance there that you have responsibilities and following God is your responsibility. Follow God. And then you just trust that God's going to take care of it. Another example would be Ephesians chapter 6. And so in Ephesians chapter 6, we have this you know, well-known passage about taking up the armor of God. So it's our responsibility to take up the armor. So put on the breastplate of righteousness, take up the shield of faith, arm yourself with the sword of the Spirit, and all the other pieces of the army armor. Well, it's God's armor. Right. I'm to take it up, put it on. But now I'm trusting God is going to protect me. Mm-hmm. So it's not a it's not a do nothing, but it's still an outright reliance on God. It's an outright reliance on this is God's will. If I follow God's will, everything in the end is just as it should be. Does that make sense to you? Or, or maybe you could even explain it in a better way than that. No, it makes perfect sense to me because I think one of the things that you, you know, there's the 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 old parable of the uh, the wise virgins and the foolish virgins, and and one of the things that is is uh, kind of brought out by that parable is you need to prepare. There are things you need to do. Waiting on God does not mean that you do nothing. There are things that you need to do, but there comes a limit to our abilities. God is in control of this, and there there comes a point where you can't do anything more, mm-hmm. and it, and you just need to hand it over to God because He's got this. So yeah, I, I, that makes perfect sense to me. I think one of the other things that I worry about is occasionally we have this uh, do something disease. I, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that. You, you basically have activity, but sometimes that activity doesn't necessarily help the situation. Do, do you see what I'm saying by that? Oh, absolutely. So, I, I, I think well, we, we can get into you know other aspects of this. I think within our society, um, and, and you can probably trace this back to you know the influence that talk radio um, had, uh, and certainly the influence that twenty four seven news networks have had. So we're constantly been being bombarded with information. Here's what's going on. Here's what's at stake. Here's how your rights are being violated. Here's how yeah. the government is is corrupt or the government is stealing from you. And while there's not the outright cry there that, okay, you need to organize, you need to do something, but it's kind of implied. All this terrible stuff is going on. You need to do something about it. And of course, what they want you to do is listen to us because we've got <laughs> the answers and we've got the information you need. So right. I think that has really fed into uh, kind of this, uh, the, and I had not heard of the the do something disease, but I think that's kind of fed into the mentality. And if we've become infected by that concept, then of course, religiously, we're going to be thinking of the same thing. Uh, there is there's some tragedy uh, or some obstacle or some tribulation that's that's present in my life. What am I going to do about it? Right. Well, again, 
God may very well have given instructions about what I should do. But I tell you, one of the things that we should be doing and probably the thing we ought to do first is that you need to pray to God about it. Yeah. If there's an obstacle or, or, or a trial there, then pray to God. Then look to his will to say, okay, where did God say I should go with this? And enact his, his will, but you've prayed and you've put it in God's hands saying, God, I'm going to try to follow you here. Please see me through this. Often when I think about the do something disease, it, it has has to do with, honestly, it's often people that are just trying to preoccupy their mind with something else. And so at least I'm doing something to, to and I don't know that that's always something that we should be doing. I don't think we live in an age where sitting still comes naturally to us. <laughs> Fred Rogers said, we live in an age where we prefer, prefer noise to silence and distraction to concentration. And I think that is absolutely true. I think we would far more like to be distracted rather than concentrate on things that would probably be more productive. Uh, We could talk about Hurricane Ian. I can make my house as ready as I can, and then I've got to stop. Because there's not, I can't control the storm. I can't control my neighbors. I can't, there's so much I can't control. Right. And when you recognize, I mean, yeah, go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, to that point, and I was very, very glad that, you know, and again, technology is something that we were able to to utilize this past week. So we did not have a uh, at the building Bible study on Wednesday evening like we normally would. Yeah. But for that very reason. Brethren have made their preparations. The storm is coming in, you know, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Well, let's all get online and pray together. Yeah. Because what else can we do? What else should we even be trying to do? It's it's completely out of our hands. So then you just say, okay, we're just going to have to put our, our trust in God here. With that in mind, how do you meditate on God? That's one of those questions, and I'll, I'll ask you the same question here in a minute. You know, <laughs> what do you do? It's one of those questions that I think you ask most Christians, and they say, "I don't do it as well as I should," or "I mm-hmm. don't, I don't enact it as well as well as I should." I have gotten a lot better um, of late. Again, I, I, I we 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 decry what the world has done, and and you're just kind of twenty four seven. Here's the bad news, bad news, bad news. Okay. Well, there is a positive thing you can take from that. And what I do every time someone sends me something that, you know, is, is meant to enrage, is meant to uh, cause worry and anxiety, I just have to think, you know what? God's greater than that. Um, I also, uh, from a practical standpoint, I don't think you'll ever do anything better than just reading through the Psalms and uh, a big proponent of that. In fact, um, I saw online uh, yesterday, I think, uh, I think it was one of our uh, former members, Leah Gann. She was a member here when she was in college. She posted something about a, a praying through the Psalms uh, schedule. It's like, that sounds <laughs> like, like that. a phenomenal idea. That's because, a great idea. Yeah. I mean, and, that's what the Psalms call you to do. They call you to reflect on God and you see how God has seen his people through a variety of circumstances. Mm-hmm. So um, practically speaking, I would say go to the Psalms. Um, 
you know, go to the Psalms on a regular basis. And you make that a part of your regular reading. And then again, when when you are you come across these things that again are meant to upset us, meant to make us angry, you think about God. And you think about what did what did you read about God that day? And that's that's something greater than whatever this news item or social media post that you saw was. All right. Yeah. Uh, so what about you, Kenny? It's the answers that we hear over and over again. It's the Bible study, and it's just reading the Bible, and it's prayer, because the the thing, and it's 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 offering thanks to other people. I think one of the things that that happens to us is. All of these end up being checkbox items, and and it's the endless supply of guilt because we always know we don't pray enough, we don't read enough, we don't we don't express enough gratitude, and I, I hate that that inspires guilt in us, and maybe it should inspire some guilt in us. But the thing about all of those acts of worship really is what they are: is they put you in a mindset and they start prioritizing your life in such a way that you see what's not important. And as you, I I think it's just as important to not just read your Bible, but to think about what you just read. And maybe you read a chapter this week, but if you understand what's going on in that chapter, maybe, maybe it's good enough to just think about what's going on in that. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think one of the things that you, you talked about just a second ago, we get a lot of information, but not all of it's very good. Not all of it's worth thinking about. I hate for this generation that they are entranced so much with TikTok because it turns into two-minute videos that sure are entertaining, but they don't help you in any substantive way. Uh, you're, You're able to see a lot of what other people are doing, but it doesn't help you live your life. Uh, it's kind of like the news. When I worked in television news, one of the things that I knew we were selling fear and voyeurism. If I could scare you enough, or if I could show you how messed up somebody else's life is, my ratings are going to do very well, and we'll get to sell you more stuff. And at the end of the day, I mean, some things you do need to know, but most of it you don't. Most of it does not help you. In a very practical way, thinking about things that are important, and I again, that's why I think prayer, by the way, and I don't think God needs prayer. I think we need prayer. I think gratitude is another one of those things. Most of the gratitude that I give, the other people don't need. I need to be grateful because gratitude makes me better. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm doing is I'm trying to make myself better. And again, it goes back to that developing the character of God. The more I'm closer to that, the better off I am. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I agree. Okay. Well, then let's ask this. and This is basically where we end up almost all the time. How does being still help us in God's upward call? Well, again, as we've, as we've talked about in this podcast, and this was the focus of the sermon, being still is... Ultimately, it's a reflection on who God is. That's what the psalmist is is trying to um, convey to his audience. We take our refuge in God. Uh, everything around us may seem like chaos, but because God is with us, then we're still. Okay, so here we are. 
and we've got an enemy. We've got all kinds of pitfalls and temptations and trials. And yet our aim is to be with God. Well, how else are we going to achieve that without God? So be still, reflect on him, reflect on that. He's the one who made the promise. And he is the one who said that the promise can be fulfilled because he's going to be with us every step of the way. Yeah. And let him be your focus. Okay. Are you going to be talking this next time? I am. And we are going to finish up uh, again, not a series. Uh, we're going to finish <laughs> up our, our, our thoughts on some, some issues that have kind of come to the forefront because of um, uh, the recent transgender craze. But this one, we are, we are talking about influence and we are talking about what should influence certainly teens and kids, but really what should influence all of us. And of course, that has, as all these lessons we, we've tried to do, uh, it has a host of applications, uh, not just recent crazes or trends, but, you know, timeless uh, cases. So that's what we're going to look at this Sunday. What, what should influence you? All right. Or maybe should well, say who you. should influence you. I understand. All righty. So I look forward to talking about that next week, man. Me too, Kenny. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we reference in this episode is in the show notes. We have all the information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.